part of any sort of memes or jokes is watching pastors face when they happen. It really is just a treat. And this has been the face that's been there for the last three minutes. <laughs> this was this was not a good segment today. <laughs> this was not a the the cause you're ugly was funny and the where's Waldo was funny. Yeah. The rest of them was not. I said, I said on that one, I was like, that's Nicole's humor. And sure enough, she was like, that one got me. I was like, I know. I can hear you laughing out loud in your office. I knew you would. Which one was that? The aloha. The aloha. I knew that one would get her. Like, horrible. It's important for me that you guys know he's not actually mad. This is just not his <laughs> sense of humor. He's not mad, though. I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, they and were, Buddy and Marky I, in the I'm background joking. are like. I, I'm joking. I'm joking. Marky's walking out of the studio. This was all like the first two thirds of that was all Marky humor, and Marky like melts into herself laughing at certain times and moments, and everybody's like, "What the heck is going on?" And it was just Marky laughing at herself. That was all Marky memes there. <laughs> Truly, today fulfilled its name. Memes with Marky. Marky, I love so. you. You're great in the sound room right now. You're doing fine. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Spread the word. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Kevin says he liked the memes. Marky has a certain audience, a certain demographic that she that she is able to cater to. So guys, we'll do lots of words. <laughs> we're going to move on. Um, <laughs> we're excited to have you here today. If you were on yesterday, you know that we are talking about teams, how to have effective communication, how your team can be the most productive team that there yes. is in your company. God has set up strategies in the word about this. And so while this may seem you know, not based in the word, every bit of what we're talking about is biblically based. <laughs> scripturally based it's all in there he did so well at moving on and i'm having trouble <laughs> in my head i'm still i need like inner healing from those memes lord, today thank <laughs> you for your peace thank you passing. for the word today lord we appreciate your word for healing shiny music isn't funny no it wasn't funny <laughs> I don't know what to do with the fact that memes have literally thrown you off before the word. (laughs) Uh, You know what I enjoy? I enjoy that she enjoyed them. (laughs) I like that you like what you like. Yeah, I do. I do. (laughs) Deb, hello. Thank you, Deb. That almost pulled me out of it. Hello. Hello. If ever you see Deb Aldridge commenting in the comments, she's saying it like Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Like that's that's how she says her hellos. Hello. We all know. Mm-hmm. We all know when Deb has arrived. Hello. Marky says last night I was laughing hysterically at a rubber band. Pastor puts up with a lot for me. <laughs> what? It, it was an interesting moment. Her and the girls. And and my girls. You know, they take after me. They're like, oh, yeah, let's just dive into your abyss and let's sit there and, and keep you going while you look crazy with your rubber bands. Let's so. dive into your abyss. <laughs> it's the truth. My girls are like, yeah, self-abasement, let's do it. So. Self-abasement. That's true. 
I'm so happy with the words that are being said on this broadcast. <laughs> Deb gave an extra hello I know, to get I saw you out. That. Thank you, Deb. <laughs> Way to ground, Pastor. Good job protecting the anointing. Good job, Dave. Johnny says men's group was great last night. Amen. <laughs> and Mark said she was laughing so hard she had to leave the room. <laughs> oh, it's true. Goodness. It's true. In the meantime, we're losing viewers. So. <laughs> so, today, we're talking about leadership. We love you too, Deb. She said, love y'all. Yeah, so uh, today we're talking about four questions uh, to ask your team, specifically after you have an event, yeah. and uh, how to have team growth. And uh, one of the things that we talked about yesterday is you that you're not able to grow your team. First, first of all, first and foremost, we should never be satisfied to sit still. Mm -hmm. And one of the statements, put this in the comment. Right, right now, just you know, throw it in the comments where you're watching it live or even if you're watching the archive. Put it in the comments right now wherever you're watching from, who you are, where you're watching from, uh, where you're located as you watch this. And, uh, but also, uh, put this in the comments, secondly, is if you're not going forward, you are going backwards. Yeah. So if you're not going forward, you are going backwards. And uh, that, that is something that we need to realize is that God has called us to increase. And uh, many people, I feel like, uh, you know, they'll get worn down. Many, many times when people are young, they'll have dreams. They're going after their dreams. Uh, but then it's like life wears on them, yeah. which we discussed yesterday in Acts chapter 27 and verse 20. And it shows that that's actually a tactic of the devil yeah. is to gradually wear on your hope and just wear you down. And it's kind of like to grind you down until there's nothing less. And, and a little bit, a piece by piece by piece, and, and he'll do that. That's his tactic. And uh, it works, you know, and people allow it to work right. where what we need to do is stand against that. But many people have a lot of dreams when they're young, then it's like this corrupted life wears on them because, and many times it's because they've not been taught about joy. They've yeah. not been taught about peace. They've not been taught about resisting the enemy, resisting the devil and he will flee. They've not been taught to take their thoughts captive. And so the wearing is much, the wearing of the devil on them, uh, the wearing down of them is much more effective because they're not utilizing uh, the tools that God has given them. And, uh, and I've, I've felt the effects of that sure. before. I'm not going to tell you that I've you know, like had it perfect all my life. I haven't. I've, I've definitely felt the effects. But I've learned how not to. Mm -hmm. I've learned now how not to be worn down. And uh, one of the things that uh, is important is to recognize that. First of all, know that God has not called us to be worn down, uh, but God has called us uh, to increase yeah. and to move forward. And he wants to increase your life, not just spiritually, although that's the root of everything. He wants to increase your life in every area. And so as a team and as an organization, be it a church or a business or a family, right? Uh, God wants you to increase or just an individual. He wants to move you forward. And so for the organization, 
uh, to recognize our job is to move forward. Yeah. And if we don't see that, then we will relax on it and we won't have that because we're not moving towards it. We're not believing for yeah. it. We're not take, putting faith and action towards that. And if and faith, this is the victory that overcomes the world in 1 John 5, 4 even our faith. So you're not going to overcome lack and overcome a staleness and a stagnation if you don't apply faith yeah. towards increase. We must, please put this in the comments, we must apply faith and action towards increase. Amen. We must apply faith and action towards increase. So that's kind of the basis of what we were talking about yesterday. And what happens is, if you don't know that God wants you to increase, then you won't try. Mm -hmm. Then you won't even try to increase. You won't think about increase. You won't think how to increase. You'll just sit and by you know, attrition, by atrophy, you know, just all of a sudden life will start to wear on you. And it's kind of like um, you know, atrophy is where if somebody never used their muscles, their muscles would wither away. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, in other words, a lack of action would not keep them strong and in use, they would wear away. You can see that with a vehicle or a home. The worst thing you can ever have for a home or a car is for it to sit dormant. Yeah. When it sits dormant, it will start to wear away immediately. But as it's utilized, it actually will keep it. Um, and you know, you can have a car that sits in a barn, you think that it's, it's fine, but as it's sitting there, every hose, every tire is degrading yeah. uh, because of the corruption of the world. And an organization can be like that as well. We must stay active. Uh, we must, you know, we must stay active. You know, I'm, one of the things I'm paying attention to now is I need to stay physically active uh, so that I don't have a degrading of yeah. my body physically. I need to. I need to stay physically active. I need to work out. I need to do you know do different things. I need to eat properly. I need. I need to do these things to increase in my health, increase in my spiritual health, my social health, my mental health. I, I want to stay active. I've literally uh, at times, like mentally, um, believing God for increase. You know, said, "All right, let me let me play this game simply to stay more sharp in my mind." Because I noticed at one point in my adult life, like my sharpness seemed to not be there, and what I realized was I had just been coasting mm -hmm. in mentally, and I needed to utilize that. Like, let's let's get those uh, synapses in my brain firing again on all cylinders. Yeah. Let's let's activate them. Let's utilize them. And so, like even over the holidays, I picked up uh, the chess app and I started playing chess. And uh, Teddy and I played, and my brother and I played together. And, and uh, what that did is it just kept those things flowing. I'm, I'm desiring to increase. Yeah. You know, I'm desiring uh, for that increase in every area of life. Why? Because the Lord shows us increases Him. He's not one that believes yeah. in burying what you have. He's one that believes in increasing and multiplying what you have. He's one that believes in a harvest of a multiplication. And so that's the first thing we must see. Now, when you take that increase, what are the actions that we will take towards increase? Well, in an organization, uh, you will stay the same if you don't make changes. Yeah. 
Change is your friend. You know, put that in the comments. Change is my friend for increase. Amen. Change is my friend for increase. And in our leadership training that we'll talk about, we'll say that there's three different types of people. There's people that hate change. There's people that tolerate change. And there's people that embrace change. Mm -hmm. um, you know, over the last month, everything in our broadcast has changed, practically. The only thing that hasn't changed are the people sitting in front of the camera. But other than that, almost every piece of equipment, every process, every protocol has changed. Why? To increase it, to take it to another level. Yeah. Because the Lord told us to do that. The Lord believes in increase. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to get you know, fully over into just increase, but you've got, you've got to recognize the Lord wants you to increase. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've had many times, and I heard uh, Jerry Savelle recently say something very, very similar. Um, you know, his ministry is on a different level than we are at this present moment, and he's been doing it for 50 years. So it, it should as be, it should be. <laughs> as it should be. But, um, I, you know, the Lord basically got on to him because he was not stretching for increase. Mm -hmm. He said, are you done? And, he, and, you know, Jerry, Dr. Jerry, are you done in ministry? He said, well, no. Well, no. He said, then if you're not done, then you need to be believing me for increase. Yeah. And uh, he, he realized he had relaxed in his faith. And he had relaxed in increase. And he needed to put it back. And, man, he, he's the type of person that just will give himself yeah. to that. So, yeah, Priscilla just put up a statement. Growth without change is impossible. Yeah. So we have to give ourselves to that change, and we have to believe God for increase, and we can't sit still. We must believe uh, bigger. You know, recently, y'all have heard me say this multiple times, is when I was young and I was believing for business, right, I would go to a car lot, and I wouldn't just go to like, you know, the Nissan place or, you know, something like that. Or I would go to the Mercedes. I would go to the Lexus dealerships, and I would test drive those cars. And I was like 20, looking like I was 16. They are like, what is this guy doing here? But I would go sit in those cars, think on those cars, believe God for increase. Now, I won't tell you that all of that was completely spiritual. Uh, you know, there was a part of my flesh that wanted that as well. But... The Lord's actually prompted me, like, you need to dream again. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when you start dreaming and stretching your eyes to see, you'll believe God for increase. In yeah. other words, you can take a physical thing and cause it to kind of jumpstart a spiritual reaching yeah. and believing God for increase, and we need that. And the Lord's prompted that. I would go and walk through houses. I would, new houses, I would smell, you know, that new carpet smell, that new paint smell. I would see rooms, how they were built, how they were designed, how they were laid out, the aesthetics of the house. I would see different things. I would say, I like this. I like that. I like that. And then you get busy working and you forget doing that. And what happens is your dreams start to lower, right? And, and the wearing of time and work and all of that stuff lowers your dreaming. Lower, and watch this. And if you lower your dreaming, you lower your sight 
for increase. You lower vision for increase. Well, you don't want to do that. You want your vision to increase, not decrease. Because without vision, people perish. In other words, it's the same thing. Without uh, increased vision and going forward in that vision, then you're going to have a decrease in what you attain. Yeah. Okay. Now, I say all of that to get to this point is that if we don't increase and have vision to increase in an organization, in our church, in our business. See, this is, this is a straight up and down help for businesses, not just the church. If you don't have vision, this can be, this can be straight up increase for a department. You know, if you are the head of an office or you oversee certain things, you shouldn't just see numbers. You should see increase. Mm -hmm. You know, when I go through and I do what seem is seemingly a menial task, I don't see the menial, you know, boring task. I see increase. Mm -hmm. I see this is taking me down a path to increase. And that helps me not grow weary and well-doing. Yeah. That helps me to focus on, hey, this is achieving a goal of increase. The harvest might not be fully harvested today, but the harvest of increase is coming. Yeah. The harvest of increase is coming. And um, so, you know, there's many times, and I think people will lose that in the midst of it. They'll grow weary because of the wearing of a corrupted world and the wearing down from the devil, from the enemy, and they don't resist him by keeping their minds set on increased and the harvest. Yeah. And, um, and so what will happen is their dreams will be worn down. Their increase, uh, for their vision for increase will wear away. They'll get bored and then they just want to go do something that's not boring, yeah. not realizing that that was the exact plan of the enemy. So this is one of those things where we have to say, okay, I need to change. Our organization needs to change. Otherwise, if we don't change, we never increase. Yeah. Growth without change is impossible. So if we don't change, our organization will never increase. And so we're not looking to change things that are working. We're looking to identify any issues or problems and change those, and the Lord will take those and turn those into opportunities. Yeah. So when you look at 2 Corinthians 2.14, you know, one of the reasons I love that verse is it says, but God is always leading us to triumph and manifesting through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. Uh, you look at 1 Corinthians, <coughs> excuse me, look at 1 Corinthians 10.13. Excuse me. And what you see in that is God will never allow you to get into a place that he won't be with you and be faithful and bring you out of it. Yeah. In other words, if I find myself in a situation with an issue or a problem, God has said I can go through it to increase in victory or else I wouldn't be in it. Right. And so I can go into any situation, even ones that look hard or irritating on the surface, and already know I have increase in victory mm -hmm. because I have the promises of God. I have increase in victory because God's already promised me that. I'm in the situation because God has said, 
you will you are prepared to handle this and to have a way of escape or come out into victory one or the other the worst is i come out neutral through escape yeah but what he's got planned is always leading me to triumph he yeah. never has a plan that doesn't have triumph in it for for us Amen. right and so as we believe in that i can face issues and problems Knowing that God's going to take us to opportunities, we have a, you know, an equation in the leadership training is you know, issues and problems equal opportunities. Don't see them as issues and problems. See them as opportunities to increase, yeah. opportunities to win. And so with that all in mind, when you come to the end of an event, you want your organization and your team to uh, very wisely and face the facts about what happened, what went well, what went wrong, right? And we're going to give you today four questions that you can ask your team for that debrief that will help you to grow and increase every time. Mm -hmm. I've never gone through an event that we didn't increase in some form yeah, or fashion. Sure. You, you've seen that. And I ask you to be on yesterday and today because you've been on that leadership team for years now and you've seen these things work. Yeah. So. Well, you know, as Pastor saying, as we get into these questions, I was a person when we start, when I started on this team, who didn't love change. I was the person who would have avoided it because I was fearful of it. Change meant unknowns. But yeah. truly, as we get into these questions, you know, and healthy conflict and all that good stuff, change becomes exciting when you know the author of the change yeah. when you know your lord because the potential that's inside of you and the potential that's inside of your team is unlimited because your source is yeah. unlimited yeah. so when a change comes it's not something to fear you truly are being led by the spirit of god as you yield to him and allow him to lead you yeah. you're going to be led in something that's ever better than you've even dreamt possible that it could be despite how it feels in that moment so the like the parts of you that are like how i used to be and not liking yeah. change it, there's truly hope where it gets exciting like yeah. i'm excited about it at this point yeah yeah because you realize well one of the great things about uh you know one of the great things about being wrong is you, if you find out that you're wrong, you just took the ceiling off yep. of your past position. Yep. So in other words, when you realize that you're wrong, you actually go, okay, it's up from here. In other words, where I was limited by being wrong and needing to change, now I'm not limited yep. anymore. So we just increased. We just increased. And um, so that's why I don't mind being wrong. I don't mind finding something. I don't like being wrong, and I don't like uh, having been wrong, yeah. but I don't mind the change when I find out that I have been. Yeah. You know, I don't mind that because I know that now I will you know, take off that ceiling, and now we can grow to those levels. So yeah. um, one of the things, and it's very important that after you go through an event that you have a debrief, and that's what we covered yesterday is some biblical examples of that. I'm going to really quickly give you some of these again. Uh, if you didn't hear yesterday's uh, teaching, it's very, very important uh, to listen to and to grasp the concept. A lot of people don't have this concept, and so because of that from the Word, they're not willing to grow. They're yeah. not willing to increase. And it's because they haven't seen the truth.
truths of this, but if we will grasp how we need to face reality, how we need to be honest, yeah. right? Face the facts. Don't just, don't cover up, oh yeah, it went, went great. We, we don't have anything to change. That's probably a lie. There's almost always something to change. And uh, the issue is, are we examining ourselves and believing God for increase enough to identify yeah. that change? And then I then take action on that change. So you know, put this in the comment. You know, comment says one of the first steps is recognize the need for increase. Recognize the need for increase. Second, believe God for increase, which means belief in action. So yeah. believe and take action for increase. Yeah. Believe and take action. Third thing is face the facts. Face the facts. And then the fourth thing is seek the Lord for wisdom on how to make change for increase in that. Okay. Yeah. Seek the Lord for wisdom on how to, how to um, make change for that increase. So the first thing is you know, know that God wants increase. Second, believe and take action towards increase. Face the facts, you know, uh, and then believe God you know, or seek the Lord for wisdom on how to make that change for increase. Uh, so these are very important steps for us to face all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. Thank you for putting those in there. But let's look real quick. I'm just going to go real quickly through these and show you how the disciples and Jesus faced facts. They didn't just go... Um, you know, one of the, in John chapter 6, you see that Jesus brought facts to the disciples, but many of the disciples couldn't take the truths and the facts that he was bringing about him being the body and the blood. Yeah. You know, uh, he, they couldn't take him being the bread of life and the, and the blood. You know, they couldn't take that in John 6. And because of that, many of them did not increase beyond John 6. Yeah. In other words, many disciples went away because they would not, they were not willing to face the facts, right? And so they were limited in their life and in their growth because they weren't willing to face that. And, and many times a facing of the facts comes back to a humility. So see, what should have happened is, Jesus, I don't know that I agree with you right there. You know, when they felt that moment, instead of just walking away, they should have gone to him and said, I know you are the Messiah. It's obvious you're the son of God, but I don't get this. I need help. Help me to understand. Mm -hmm. Help me. To, that's what humility does. That's what hunger does. Mm -hmm. And so what you want to see is that, see, humility and hunger doesn't just say, I think that's wrong. See you. Peace out. Yeah. That's not what humility and hunger does. Humility and hunger says, let me dig down and face the facts of this truth, even if I don't like it. Yeah. That's what humility and hunger does, and that's what will lead you to increase. They stopped and did not go as a disciple of the Son of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords. They, they had Jesus in front of them, and they stopped following them because of a lack of facing the facts and facing the truth. And uh, so in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, the 70 had been sent out. They returned uh, with joy, saying, and they gave Jesus a report of what had happened. But then also Jesus gave them some correction in how they were approaching it. 
The other thing that we see, Acts 4.23, it says, When they had been released, they went to their own company and reported all that had been said and done to them. Acts 11.4, But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by, by order unto them. In other words, he went step by step and, and exposed everything that had happened from the beginning to the end. Acts 14.27, And when they were come, they had gathered the church together. They rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith uh, unto the Gentiles. So what you see is that they constantly, the, new, the first century church constantly faced the facts of what was actually happening. What went well, what went bad, what was hard to understand. And in Acts 15, you see the council at Jerusalem. You see the leader, James, was presiding. But then you see, going all the way through Acts 15, they opened it up for discussion. They debated it. Uh, they, they opened up a mutual questioning. They disputed certain points of it. They went through, and good, bad, or ugly, they faced the facts and then as a group they came out of that with unity and they grew in their understanding of what the gospel should do and uh, and everybody there were different people that added to that not yeah. just the ones we know you know not just the ones we read about and know their names people added to that discussion this was a very good debrief and what we're going to do right now is we're going to go into four questions that you can ask uh, your team, and you can utilize this in your family, in your home, but we're going to go into four questions that you can ask the basis of it so that your team can grow and increase. Mm -hmm. Four questions. And so let me give you these four questions right out of, the, out of the gate here. Number one, when you have an event, what was supposed to happen? Mm -hmm. There you go. They put it on the screen. Number one, what was supposed to happen? And we'll come back to these in a little bit of detail here in just a second. Two, what actually happened? <laughs> what actually happened? All right, this was supposed to happen, but what actually happened, right? Uh, three, what accounts for the difference between what was supposed to happen and what actually happened? What makes up the difference between the two? And four, what can we learn from this? What can we learn from what actually happened you know, what was supposed to happen, what actually happened, what made up the gap between the two, what can we learn and grow and increase from. And what this does is this will constantly highlight growth areas in our team and in our organization uh, to do this. Now, one way that we will do this, and I like, I like doing this, is like the first two questions, what's supposed to happen and what actually happened. You can approach them in this way. This is what we're doing right now with our team as well is, what went well and what went wrong, and then go into uh, what what made those things go wrong. Yeah. You know what what accounted for the difference. Uh, what was supposed to happen, uh, what actually happened, or what went well and what went wrong. And I think it's good to go over what went uh, well. Celebrate. Yeah. Celebrate what went well. You know, celebrate those things. Uh, you know, we had an issue come up uh, last week at Kickstart, and that was 
we were running out of parking spaces. You know, there, there was the sanctuary full, the kids were full, and the parking lot was full, and we were running out of spaces. That's a great, that, that's what we would call a growth issue, right? You always want growth issues. You, you don't, don't get upset when growth causes you to have an issue. Like celebrate that. Like praise the Lord. This is a growth issue. You know, uh, we had in the last month because of the studio uh, and all the new equipment, we had multiple growth issues. <laughs> Why? And and am I mad because we had growth issues because people didn't know what button to push on new equipment? No. That's there because we're increasing. It's there because we're growing. Yeah. Now, should we continue to not know what button, buttons to push? No. But it highlights, okay, this is a great issue. We, you know, I talked about it a little bit on Sunday. You know, the Lord asked me, I, I was frustrated with people coming to church and smoking right outside the door of the church. And the Lord asked me, he said, do you not want anybody smoking outside the door of the church? Or, or do you not want any, any smokers in the church? And I was like, that's a funny question you're asking me, Lord. Like you've got a, you've got something behind this. <laughs> like I know you, you. And what he was getting at is, if I had no smokers in the church, then that probably means I've got no new people. Do I want no new people in the church? No. Then then don't fuss over a growth issue. Just teach. You know, teach. And and, and I'd rather have a whole parking lot full of smokers that I know the word of the Lord is going to help break that addiction over their life. And all the other religious churches in town can talk about that smoking church, but at least I've got new people, yeah. right? I'll take the new people every day. And that, that really helped me to see. In other words, don't ever get upset over a growth issue. Yeah. You know, a gro growth issues are awesome. Yeah. I love them. You know, I love them when they present themselves. You know, do we want to stay there? No, let's increase beyond that. But praise God. God for growth. Praise God for growth. Well, and here's why it's important, you know, at least in my opinion, why it's important to start off with the praiseworthy things is because there's always something praiseworthy to be found somewhere. Even in the midst yeah. of the worst situation, yeah. God's still God. So, yes. like, you know, you mentioned yesterday we were going to do a debrief here as a team. We did a debrief last week after our first day. And you know, in the studio doing two broadcasts back to back. And it's so easy for the flesh to find problems. Like when you get to what didn't go well, you're not going to have an issue. Like people yeah. are going to tell you what didn't go well. Yeah. But, and, and that's kind of where it was, you know, after a big week, lots of changes, things didn't go as smoothly on our very first day doing two broadcasts back to back. And there were some things we needed to work on. Yeah. And, Sure. But I didn't let us start that way. I made the team tell me what was good in this. Yeah. Tell me where the good was. And by the end of it, even in the midst of opportunities, you can see God's hand is on this. Yes. God is here to help us. And, and what that does is it sets you up in a positive way going into yeah. the opportunities because you have a mind of victory going in. Yeah. God was good, is good, will be good. Yeah. Now let's face the opportunities together. Yeah. Amen. So let's look at these four different questions that we can ask. And uh, let's, let's diagnose them. So first is, what was supposed to happen? So this is, 
what was, and, and you'll utilize these, like the two questions I said was what went well, what went wrong. Mm -hmm. um, that's a, those are good questions when you have a very detailed event, yeah. right? When you have a detailed event, um, you could, what went well, what went wrong, because there's a lot of moving parts, stuff like that. Uh, when you have a simpler event, it's, you can easily identify what actually was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. So if this is a good, these are good questions for smaller teams or smaller events. But like, for example, last week when we had Kickstart, if I say what was supposed to happen, every person on the team could give me an hour dialogue of what was supposed to happen. Within their various departments. Within their, within their departments. So that can be... I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for an overview of what went well. And so that's one reason why I'll use that question instead of what was supposed to happen. But when we do break it down to our individual teams or smaller events, let's go over what was supposed to happen. You know, like what were the main goals of this event? So let's say it was an outreach event. What was supposed to happen is we were supposed to set up in a public area um, we, were, we were supposed to find the area, locate the area, set up the sound uh, in, you know, flyer for the people. Uh, we want to receive a minimum of 10% of the flyers that we send out. Uh, you know, uh, we want to see, uh, you know, out of that number, we want to see a minimum of 25% give their life to the Lord. Uh, we want to be able to give away uh, this amount, uh, you know, say, let's say it was $1,000 worth of, you know, blessing the community and blessing the people. We want to give that away. Uh, we want to see people healed and delivered. And then we want to see, um, you know, a follow-up with those people uh, so that they connect with at least a church, even if it's not our church. Uh, let's connect them with the church, get them being discipled and move forward. All right, so that could be what was supposed to happen. But then you go over the second question. So you kind of lay out what were the goals and the markers that are measurable. So when you, you know, look over what was supposed to happen, and this is when you're planning an event, you need to know what are those markers? What are the things that are measurable? Yeah, there have uh, been many times in yeah. our team where we, like when we've gone through and pastors taken us to the what was supposed to happen, and then pastors given us the what was supposed to happen, there have been many times early on when all of a sudden it was the light bulb moment of, Oh, oh pastor we don't know this. And, yeah. Oh, we sure didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we didn't. That was said. I remember taking notes on it, but that didn't happen at all. Or and, we didn't know to ask the question. Yeah. Or we didn't ask the question. That didn't. And know. so even asking that question will help to highlight a lack of communication yeah. between the team or a growth area between the team. Uh, where, you know, that communication needs to increase. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was looking for this, but we didn't even address it, you know, that kind of thing. And so simply by asking what was supposed to happen yeah. can identify areas of planning that didn't happen before, long before the event, you know. And so it's a really good question uh, to ask. The, ne the next thing is what actually happened. Um, so what actually happened is a... It's a what's you know what's the difference between what what was supposed to happen and what actually happened. This can be good or bad, you know. So let's say that we actually ask what was supposed to happen, then we ask what actually happened, and let's say that uh, we went out in the same outreach event 
and we had somebody uh, to give over a thousand dollars worth worth of stuff. So you know, we were slated to give uh, you know a thousand dollars of you know stuff away to the community. We actually had fifteen hundred come in, mm -hmm. and uh, then so we felt led of the Lord to give that fifteen hundred away in this event, or we felt led to set that five hundred back for the next event. Yeah. You know, uh, but we slated it for that. The Holy Ghost led us to do that. So, um, or we went and we you know expected to give out ten thousand flyers. You know, to invite people to this outreach event. But we only we only got out eight thousand. Okay, um, and that'll go into our next question. So we want to identify those differences. We want to identify good or bad those discrepancies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whether they're you know below what we expected or above what we expected. How did this come about? What happened here? Um, you know, we saw 33% be born again, and we had, uh, you know, five miracles right there at the park, yeah. you know. Uh, maybe we ran into a problem securing the location, okay. Uh, then what we'll do, we'll handle that. You know, how can we learn from this? How can we grow? Yeah. So, for example, one thing that we learned at one point was, uh, one of the best things that we can do when we're doing an outreach event is make sure that we secure a way to get handouts and flyers in, in the, the schools. School. Yeah, get them in the schools. And so that took some steps. There were some hoops to jump through to make sure that that is what it needs to be, that they are approved by the schools, that we have access to that. And by making that switch, it made what we do in our outreach much easier and but much better. we didn't better. know that first time. We didn't know that at, at the beginning, no. But by going through these, yeah. we figured out what would help. Um, one of the things, uh, for example, when we were doing an outreach event, um, one you, know, you heard me say earlier, if you were listening to it, one of the things that actually uh, happened was we, we know that if you do a flyer correctly, you should have approximately 10% of those people that will come to the event, uh, this particular type of outreach event. So if we give out 10,000 flyers, we know there should be approximately a thousand people there. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the first ones that we did, um, we actually did very well with it, more than that, but that's before we knew those numbers. Uh, but one of the first ones that we did after that, uh, we did this really nice flyer. It was this really nice door hanger. We spent good money for full color. It was it was slick. It looked great and uh, everything. We literally had one percent of the people show up, and and we went, what what's the deal with this? Well, that leads us into the next question, which was what accounts for the difference? Yeah. Why? Well, you know, third question. What accounts for the difference between what you were expecting and what didn't? And this is where you examine why did this happen? Why did this work? Yeah. And this is where you really need to allow the truth to come out. Sometimes it's because somebody dropped the ball on the team. And you need to make sure that there is accountability. You know, we're not mad. We're not kicking you out of the church. You know, we're not, we're not going to beat you up for the next three months because you missed it. Just let's recognize, let's admit, hey, we missed it. I missed it. 
You know, yeah. you missed it. Like it needs to be an honest truth and an honest facing of the facts. Yeah. I dropped the ball. I didn't realize that was a vision you had. You know, pastor, CEO, I didn't realize that was the vision. And see, now a bad leader is going to hold that against them. A good leader is going to take that and utilize that moment to help that person individually grow and the team and the organization to grow. Uh, they're not going to they're not going to condemn them for the, they're not going to like put them through purgatory for the next 6 months because they missed it in this area. You know, there's not going to be a penalty assessed to them that well, we'll see how you do on the next event and then I may forgive you. You know, that's a horrible leader. You know, that that's not what you want. You want a leader is going to, you know, come up underneath that person and help them to grow. Okay, you miss this, you know, but all right. And, you know, one of the things that we'll say is uh, we don't mind noble failure. In other words, you were trying to do it right and missed, but we do mind chronic failure. In other words, you co constantly, you very consistently are failing. Yeah. If you're if you're chronically failing, there that's a character issue. That's a fruit of the spirit issue that you're not dealing with or you're not opening yourself up to. And that needs to be dealt with spiritually. So in a team and believe in God for increase and having this good debrief actually helps to address yeah. the discipline issues, the discipleship issues for that leader to grow that person. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, you know, pastor says something often is you don't rescue a person from the moment, like where the Holy Spirit's convicting from them. From the conviction, yeah. yeah. You don't rescue the person. You allow the Holy Spirit to yeah. do what the Holy Spirit needs to do. Yeah. And, you know, because I'm here, I, when do I ever mind using myself as the example? I, you know, a more recent time where I missed this was... A couple of years ago, we do a great big event here at the church called Boomfest. And as of this moment, uh, I oversee those events. So we were at a leadership at when we go and we take our leadership advance. We were a few, like three weeks out from that event happening and pastor expected, you know, a status report on it. I did not have much of a status report to give because I had dropped the ball. I dropped the ball and was under tons of conviction because I was also having a difficult time having my holding the team accountable for I felt like I was by myself with all of it. Yeah. Now there's stuff I needed to work on with me, but yeah. I was so scared to publicly discuss I feel alone. I need your help with this, guys. Like, I please don't let this just be me. That I had frozen yeah. in that moment, and I was. It was like analysis paralysis. I knew all the things that had to be done, but it's like I couldn't yeah. move. And you didn't rescue me. It was a really exciting moment for me. Super was. Um, and Pastor wasn't thrilled because I knew better, and I should have had things done. I was, and I, as a good leader, I was there to help. Yeah. But I can't force help. Sure. That's, and that's, you know, that's part of the issue. And that's part of what came out is like, look, if you're going through or you're having a hard thing, you've got to reach out. And you'll sure. notice that with Jesus as a leader, he, he didn't just go to people and do things unless the Lord very specifically told him to go. But almost everybody that came to him humbled themselves to the leader. Yeah. And that was something. So a good leader is there, but they're, and they're willing to give direction, but they're not force-feeding yeah. help. 
They yeah. can't force feed help. Well, and Pastor saw it. You know, Pastor had seen this for... Your mic's turned in. My mic's turned in. Why, hello, everybody. Can you hear me now? Um, but no, Pastor had seen that I was... At this point, he's not... He and Pastor and Cole are both super observant, so it's not that they didn't know, but... In that moment, what ended up happening is Pastor wanted a status report. I didn't have much to give. What he did not do is point the finger and be like, Barrett, you failed. You failed. You missed it. I'm a part of a team. Yeah. So he, as a team, addressed everybody of team, why isn't this done? Yeah. And then he gave us a little break. Um, it was maybe 10 minutes. And then we took a little pause. And then Pastor and Barrett went outside together. And Barrett broke down crying. It's one of the last times I've broken down crying in front of Pastor. <laughs> because I didn't realize that's where I was. Like, I didn't realize why I had frozen. I knew I'd missed it. I knew I'd frozen. But I didn't know why. Yeah. And I had come to you properly. Yeah. And so in the conversation, Pastor helped me to see where I was thinking correctly, where I was thinking wrongly. And then he also pointed me to, this is technically your ball. You need to help bear the burden. Humble yourself before the team. Ask for forgiveness. Because here's the thing. Even if you're the person on the team, you've done right like 99.9% .9 of it. And the rest of the team has done everything wrong. There's always something that you could have done better. And when yeah. you allow humility to flow through you, what that legally does in that situation spiritually yeah. is you legally give Jesus the ability to interject in that situation. Grace, Grace comes yeah. in. And what I've done... And the reason is, to explain that, is uh, when you see in the Word, it says, when submit yourself to God... And, you know, and resist the devil and he will flee. But when he says, when you humble yourself, he says, I will give you grace and greater grace yeah. through humility. So if you're saying, no, I've got this, I've got this, everything, then you literally are blocking a supernatural power to help you. Yeah. But when you humble yourself, you actually are opening the door to his supernatural grace to yeah. help. That's why we need to be humble and hungry, and we need to open ourselves up to that. Yeah. So what happened is I went back into, oh, I'm looking here. Hello. I went back into where we were, and I apologized to everybody and said, you know what, guys? I missed this. I did this yeah. wrong, and I should have had this done. I am so sorry. Like, I dropped this ball. And I let that go. And then afterwards, yeah. I was able, because I'd humbled myself, grace came in. And then I was able to say, but I've been feeling this way. And because I didn't come in yeah. in a prideful way and say, I dropped this, but you guys messed up too. I was a, They were yeah. able to hear the heart of what I was saying, which was, I just feel alone. Like, yeah. I need some help with this. Yeah. And they were able to support and help in that way. Yeah. And so it becomes very important for us to ask the question of, why, why was there a gap? Yeah. Why was that gap there? How did that gap get there? You know, what was what was it that that caused that difference? Good or bad? Mm -hmm. What caused it? If we had uh, so so, for example, um, we did going back to the door hangers, mm -hmm. right? We were expecting around ten percent, and we got one percent to show up. Well, after further examination and facing the facts of it we found that in that type of event, people do not like people that are not going after God, that we're trying to win to the Lord. 
we found they don't like the form of structure and control. And on our flyer, it was very structured. It was very much a church structure, a, you know, and, and that was something that they were not open to. So that caused some of it. The other thing is uh, just the flyer itself, by it looking so nice, that was another form of structure. And so the two of those combined cause people to say, I'm not going to that. I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to, you know, because who, 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 who wants to be controlled that doesn't have the morality of God? Who wants to do what God says if they don't even believe in God? Yeah. They, they don't, you know, that if you think that people are just wanting to do the right thing, if they don't have the love of God in them, they don't. Yeah. And so we were actually force feeding a structure and a morality that we know will help them, but, to, but force feeding it to a majority of people that didn't really want it. Mm -hmm. And so we had bad results from it. Now, on the flip side, once we took that into account and we did uh, the right things, a year later, or uh, a year or so later, I think it was later that year, uh, we had Boomfest. We, we did an event that was less structured, less controlled, just to serve the community. Did a flyer that didn't look like it was all put together, didn't have like full registrations and everything like that. I think we gave out uh, 10 or 12,000 flyers, right? And we had, instead of 10%, we had 16% that showed up for that event. We had learned our lesson. So we saw the gap and the difference. We made adjustments mm -hmm. and asked the Lord for wisdom, and he gave us that. And now we were producing more than we, than we had before. And we've seen those numbers since then because we've followed what we learned. In other words, we needed to know what accounts for the difference. But when you ask for what accounts for the difference, that's going to shine the light on the team it's going to shine the light on individuals. Mm -hmm. And this is where we need to have a good, honest discussion, right? And we need to, we need to not hide from our failures. We yeah. need to not hide from the facts. You know, uh, we need to let the light of God shine. And see, that's what true, true hearts after the Lord and after increase says, hey, if it's me that missed something, let it, let, let it be seen yeah. so that we can all grow. You know, um, and that's what a true team is doing. A true team is saying, if, if it's me that's holding up the team, let me be seen for that lack so that the whole team can go forward. Yeah. And so what's happening in that moment is a person is more concerned about the other or the welfare of the group than they are for protecting themselves and showing themselves as lower. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, when you have a, a good team that's doing this, and I have a great team. You know, I, I have one of the best teams I've ever seen in my life at this point, but it took us a while to get there. And we actually went through people uh, that weren't, here, here's what I'm getting at. Not everybody is willing to put themselves in the light. Nope. And many times when you have a team that's actually doing what it should be and that light swings over to an individual that's not ready for it, they'll scurry out of the light. Yeah. They don't want to be there. And we've literally, over time, we've had people that were thought they wanted to be on the team and they get a taste of that team and they're like, no, nah, we don't want to come back. <laughs> you know, we've had that multiple times, you know. We've had and, outsiders watching and be like, I oh, can't yeah, do no. it. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, we... <laughs> 
yeah, at one point we had a situation where there were other leaders from other churches. They were like, no, I don't like this at all. And, and the reason is because it shines a light. And uh, I was very pleased because it exposes things. Yeah. You know, when you, when you allow the Holy Ghost uh, to shine the light on something, yes, it exposes weaknesses. But those are weaknesses we can change. Yeah. Those are weaknesses that we can grow in, which means from this day forward, I can start applying the wisdom and the anointing of God, and the whole thing is going higher. Yeah. And truthfully, we have done that and are continuing to do that here. And because of that, our ceilings are lifted. Well, I, you know, I'll say with that, again, I've been on the leadership team for years now. And I'd say that we really turned that corner when the Lord gave you the revelation on the two parts of life. You know, there, yeah. was, a, there was a moment yeah. where the Lord talked to pastor about how to how to correct and how to, you know, how to instruct in different things. And the pastor wasn't doing anything wrong. He was trying to help us, um, but the Lord taught him a better way to do it. Yeah. And so pastor received the Lord's, you know, instruction and it changed, and he changed how he was approaching us. Like he used all the same things, but his heart was different. Um, and apologized publicly for it. Like, yeah. Hey, I'm, I was doing this, not the best way. And I'm changing that now. That helped. Well, and what it did for the yeah. team as a whole, you know, there were some of us who had more yeah. personal relationship with pastors, so we knew his heart a little bit better. But what that that moment did is it showed the team members that the leader had us. The leader's yeah. going to come up underneath you. The leader's not going to throw you under the bus. Yeah. And if, as a leader over a team, those of you who are leaders now and those of you who will be leaders, you know, in the future, you've got to make sure that your team knows that you have their back, yeah. that you're going to support them and that you yeah. create an environment of love first and celebrating those moments of noble failure, celebrating yeah. the wins yeah. in the loss or in the, in the challenges that you're not exactly what pastor are saying you're not condemning you allow holy spirit to do what he does but then yeah. you come up underneath them and you help support them and rise yes. them to the place where they need to go and that's really when i think in my opinion the EO, our, our leadership team shifted and it we were able to flow more in that safe harbor yeah i agree and then tomorrow we'll talk some more about leadership and proper leadership and specifically about um you know noble failure versus chronic failure uh, because that's that's a big big point, and you can shut your team down. You can shut your team completely down yeah. by not having the right approach to that. And and I've done that, and I've been a victim of that as well, uh, where nobody wants to do anything. So we'll talk some more about that tomorrow. But uh, you know, and the fourth point is, you know, how can we change it? You know, our fourth our fourth question there is, what can we do? You know, what can we learn from the difference between that? And that's where you take the facts and you apply them and say, how can we do this better? Like what we did with the flyers. Yeah. And as you learn from it and then apply what you learn, you will increase. Mm -hmm. You will increase. You will increase the camaraderie. You will increase the unity. You will increase the production. You will increase all of that. And the truth is, everybody that's sitting here in the studio, they've watched and been a part of that and seen the increase time and time and time again. And uh, here's what happens, though. As you learn these things from the Word, because what we're talking about is not just like business principles. They work in business because the root of it's from the, the truth, from yeah. the Bible, right? That's why it works. And uh, 
as you learn these, this doesn't just bless a church and it doesn't just bless a ministry. It'll bless your business. It blesses how you think towards things. Uh, it blesses, it'll bless your family. It'll bless you as a leader, how you lead. Um, many, many times it's so very important for us to uh, be increasing constantly and learning and growing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I would say, I, I think I mentioned it yesterday that when I was introduced uh, to Pastor J.B. Whitfield and Pastor Chris DeChaccio, that uh, they, they had us, and I think this is so very important, they had us marked down on a scale of 1 to 10 where we are as a leader, and I think I put down a 7. And I was thinking, you know, 7 or 8, but I, there's probably stuff I don't know, so I'm going to say the 7. And, and then at the end of about four hours of teaching, I, I marked down like a 3 or a 4. You know, and I realized I was not where I thought I was. Well, as that time went on, I realized that I was actually more like a two mm -hmm. in leadership. And I'd been raised in leadership all my life. And I'm only a two on a scale of one to ten. And so I really realized, and I had to face the facts of that. You know, and I continued to give myself to it. Now, here's, here's what I want you to know. I thought I was a three or four for several years, even after learning that. But then about three years in, I realized I'm not even a three or a four. Was, I'm a two. I'm sitting here laughing because that's what I did. Like, yeah. knowing the story, I was, I'm a three. And I'm sitting yeah. here going, I wish I'd been a three. Yeah. <laughs> no, years I know. Ago. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm not even that, you know, and I realized I was not a good leader. Yeah. And a good leader compared to maybe others around me. Sure. But we're not comparing ourselves to others around us. We're comparing ourselves to Jesus, you know. And I said, I got to work on it. You know, I need to continue to increase, continue to grow myself. And in the process, I will say that it, it did kind of take off there. Yeah. And I, as I humbled myself, it allowed me to move faster. But I'm still working. I'm still getting better and better and better as a leader. And I'm giving myself, Lord, shine your light on me on areas that I don't know. Yeah. And uh, But what is good now is I... I am able to see and identify areas where not just our organization needs help and where our own leaders need help, uh, but where you know other ministries and other organizations and businesses need help. So it's an ongoing growth process and facing those facts. And you know, in the middle of this, you know, we had this last week. Uh, we had a number of people that were just like, you know, kudos to your team. Good job. You know, y'all did an amazing job. And the same moment that we have that, I know of an item where we completely missed it, you know. Didn't even see it, right? We completely missed an issue, missed an item, didn't even see it. So even while there's good things happening, there's always still growth opportunities. And, and so that's why we want to have the heart for increase without being uh, allowing the wearing of the enemy mm -hmm. to, to um, persuade us to stop increasing, uh, to dissuade us from that increase. We don't want, we don't want to you know, kind of be like, oh, now we've arrived in it. No, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. As long as we have a corrupted flesh that we're dealing with and we've not been transformed into that new uh, and glorified body, then we have increase that we can apply, that we can learn, that we can grow. And don't beat yourself up 
because you got areas to grow in. Yeah. You know, don't beat yourself up. Um, you know, one of the items that you had early on, I think you've really put it in its place now, but one of the items, and we talked about it some, and I've talked with other people as well, is, you know, you were mad at yourself because you missed things at 25 mm -hmm. that people at 40 were just figuring out. And it's like, I appreciate you desiring to be there, but you're not 40, you I'm, know? I get so mad. <laughs> yeah, and, and it'd be like, why, don't beat yourself up because you made a 25-year-old mistake yeah. you know, that 40-year-olds still make, you know, yeah. that have seen a lot more of an adult life and adult thinking. And uh, so don't beat yourself up because you're not there yet, but don't sit on your, you know, sit on your, on your bum and sit yeah. there and not grow. You know, we've got to believe God for increase and steadily be increased. And what you'll see, you know, years ago, I really had this. A lot of times when we first start out, it's like we'll do good and we'll have these highs, then we'll have these lows, and then we'll do good. And, and it's like up and down and up and down, and that's how we feel. But as you go further, those, those will start to smooth out, and it'll just be... Uh, an increase. It'll just be a smooth slope mm -hmm. of increase and you won't have as many highs and lows. Just keep going after it. Yeah. Keep giving yourself to the Lord and watch what the Lord will do in increasing you. Amen. So. Well, Amen. With that, with that example, one of the things I love about it is if you, like, if you chart that out down, up, down, up, and yet you smooth it out, you say, where your highest high was yeah, is now yeah. where your lowest low is. Yeah, you know, like yeah. if you continue on that progression. What used to be your high will now uh, will now be your low. Yeah, like it as you continue to grow like that, you know, your valleys will be above what your mountains were. Yeah, glory yeah. to God. Yeah. And I've watched it happen. I've watched it happen in you. I've watched it happen in me and many others. You just keep going, you yeah. know, like what Romans eight thirteen says, you just keep putting to death the deeds of the flesh. Or let me say it in another way. You continue uh, putting to death the areas of lack. Mm -hmm. You put to death the areas of decrease. You put to death the things that the Holy Ghost highlights. Just keep working on them. Yeah. And before you know it, those, those blessings will start to abundantly multiply Amen. in that way. And that's, and, and God will back you. You know, you make your heart after him, God will back you. And, um, you know, I had one time, I've been meditating on this this morning, is uh, I had a period of time where the Lord had, had multiple people out of state come up to me that had no idea who I was or what I did. And they just would walk up to me out of the blue in a service and say, God is so pleased with you. And in a period of like two weeks, I had four people walk up and say the exact same words. And at that moment in my life, I was thinking, I, I don't know why he's, why he's pleased with me. Like, and it took me a while to figure out why he was pleased with me. You know? and, uh, but I was sitting there and I realized, and what he led me to was he was pleased with me because I just kept going. Yeah. Because I just kept going. And when he would bring up something to me, I would jump on that to fix it yeah. and not let it linger. Right? And that's why he was pleased with me. Why would he be pleased with that? Because I, I still didn't have everything fixed. Why is he pleased? Because he knows if you're putting to death the deeds of the flesh, you are rising. Yeah. You are increasing. So, amen. Yeah, amen. So we just, we praise God for you today. And if you've gotten something out of this, we encourage you to sow today. 
Uh, you can, on Facebook, you can type in hashtag donate followed by the amount. Anybody can go to giveww.org or uh, cash app is giveww, that's the cash tag. And uh, you can also text to give. Uh, there's a PayPal right there where you can give as well. You can go to that link. And uh, any way that the Lord uh, encourages you to give, we've tried to make it easy for you. And we should be givers. We should be sowers. Uh, that's something the Lord keeps bringing up, specifically the people that are listening to Lunch Plus and What's Right. We shouldn't be the kind of people that walks in, takes something, walks out without saying, this meant something enough to me that I'm at least going to sow something. Yeah. Even if it's small, I'm going to sow something. Lord, I esteem what you gave and the truth that was brought out in this broadcast today. And so if you'd like to give today, we just want to pray over that right now. Father, anything that anybody is giving, and Lord, even if they're a guest, Father, you know, we sow this into the world. They don't have to do anything. But if the Lord's written it on their heart, Lord, bless what you've written on their heart and empower them to do in their giving, in their sowing. Let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men give into their lives. Father, we thank you for it and we praise you for it and we give you all the glory. Let it be supernatural. Thank you, Father. You're doing a supernatural work even this week, Lord. Even this week, Father, even this week, I've already heard of supernatural increase and supernatural debt cancellation, even just this morning. Lord, thank you for bringing it about. You're doing a work in the members and the attenders and the partners with Boomerang Church and What's Right. You're doing a work this year. Lord, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for your hand, and thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your heart towards us. We praise you. We worship you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Uh, we're going to pass this to Buddy. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk some more about leadership and uh, chronic failure versus noble failure. And one. Yeah, it is. It's a really good one. So we love you so very much. We'll see you tomorrow.